The White House wants to protect your personal data, sometimes, in some countries. Insurance companies begin peddling MDR, and Amazon makes it rain for AI startups. These stories and much more on today's episode of MSP Dispatch. This episode is presented by OIT VoIP. Enhance your client's communication abilities with our VoIP solution, featuring integrated billing, on-demand training, and live U.S. support. Collaborate seamlessly with Microsoft Teams integration and put your entire phone system in your pocket with MobileX. Improve your offerings and increase profitability with reliable service for one-tenth of the average MSP acquisition cost. To learn more, visit OIT.co or dial 844-CALL-OIT. Good morning and welcome to the March 1st episode of MSP Dispatch, your source for news, community events, and commentary, and sometimes t-shirts, in the MSP channel. I'm Ray Orsini, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Tony Francisco. How are you doing, Tony? I am excellent, sir. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Tell me, how are you doing? I feel like, just so everyone knows, we see each other all the time and psh, gone. We're like, yeah, hi, boom, done. And and it is, it's it's like a, it's like a scheduled relationship. It's like, boop. 30 seconds left to our relationship. <laughs> Great seeing you. <laughs> gotta go. I, I, I tell my wife, I got to go for my Tony time. So, and she's like, hey. <laughs> she goes, How are I you don't doing? worry about you cheating because you have Tony. And I'm like, okay. So. Uh, how the heck are you doing? Uh, so for the record, I went on Discord. I have never seen someone so active as you in every possible channel. It is amazing. Like, do is there a Ray... AI is this uh, like a Ray GPT I'm talking to right now? It is fascinating. It's been it's been proffered that there is a Ray bot out there. I will neither confirm nor deny. Um, what I will confirm is that we have some amazing stories to talk about. Let's talk about them. So, Let's get into the news. The news. In my first story from TheVerge.com, President Biden's executive order aims to protect Americans' data by preventing its mass transfer to countries like China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. It specifically targets data brokers who gather extensive personal information, including health and financial data. For example, one study revealed that 48,000 companies shared data from just a single Facebook user. To ensure compliance, various departments, including the Department of Justice, are tasked with creating regulations to prevent the exploitation of personal data and establish security standards. Additionally, departments like Health and Human Services, Defense and Veterans Affairs are directed to safeguard health data from alternative channels like federal grants. However, the order overlooks the broader U.S. personal data market, leaving regulatory action to the FTC. Ray, this screams something good, but not quite there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure it out. It's not protecting everyone, but it's going in the right direction by protecting government officials, uh, state employees. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And should there be more done? It's the equivalent of use condoms when you're celibate. It's like, ah, great idea, wrong execution. You know, there's an old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I understand block the selling of private data absolutely only outside the country okay only to certain countries what like is our privacy valuable or is it not valuable pick one 
because I'm pretty sure the laws don't say wear seatbelts unless you're on a dirt road. Uh, we're going to have an insurance expert on in a few in a little bit, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to say your cyber insurance policies are fine <laughs> unless you're using Edge, right? Like this doesn't make sense to me. It's it's like 75% of the way there, and then they just like noped out because they got tired of it. A am I? Am I ranting unnecessarily here? No, I, I think we're in the same direction. I, 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 again, I have two questions. What would you do to make it better? And why would you get rid of Florida, the United States? Like, I, I just, those are my two questions. <laughs> you know, getting rid of Florida is like castration. You know, it may be good for you, but you just don't, can't bring yourself to do it. Um, no. Okay. So how would this have gotten better? How would this have been a productive thing? Let's look at the bright side. Good job, Tony. All right. How to make it better? Make it universally applicable, right? You want to block data cells? Block it inside the United States too. Don't just do it for government. Do it. Put the same restrictions on U.S. companies for U.S. citizens as, I mean, GDPR covers European citizens outside the EU. Now, zero enforcement, obviously, but whatever. It's there, right? At least that's a full application of the of the item. Here, it's sometimes maybe. And it feels like we're building another tax code, right? The IRS tax code, you can't read it without tea leaves, a shaman, and a goat going up a hill. Like, and I feel like we're making these rules just as difficult, just as much of a quagmire. That is exact. I, I feel like in order just in order to do your taxes, you need a Ouija board. And I think we're going that exact same directions with security and compliancy. Um, man, if we only had someone that understood insurance and stuff like that, I wish we had someone like that on the show. Um, but we'll get that at a later time. In, in all seriousness, though, you hit it on the head with GDPR. GDPR is an overarching compliancy regulatory that spreads outside of the walls of the European Union um, that protects everyone. And since you've already done, done it for this the government officials, and then you kind of created a stopping point and said, hey, FTC, you do what you want to do. I feel like they fell short of the end goal, which is to protect everyone, creating that overarching uh, framework that would protect everyone that can be enforced by or you know uh, apply accountability by the FTC or government regulatory uh, uh, agencies. That would have been the right step, but they stopped entirely at the this regulation only applies to these people and the FTT, FTC has to do everything else. I, you hit it on the head with GDPR. Um, so Ray, when are you going to create that framework for us? Is it done yet? How about now? I, yeah. Uh, Ray bot is working on that right now. Uh, it's Ray AI 4.0. <laughs> you know what? I, okay. So let's just, let's, we can wrap this up with you doing it is one thing you doing it through Raybot is another. If I was working on it, maybe make it a little faster. Coalition, teamwork makes everything better. And I think your next story covers that. In my main story, Coalition is now offering premium credits to MDR customers in a story written by John B. Roberts. Coalition now offers premium credits to manage detection and response customers, or MDR, aiming to address small businesses' cybersecurity challenges. MDR uses technology and human experts to detect and respond quickly to threats, cutting response times by 50%. Moreover, Coalition is confident in the risk-reducing benefits of MDR and offers up to 12.5% premium credit on cyber insurance policies for businesses using Coalition MDR. The initiative aims to promote the adoption of high-quality security controls 
and reward businesses investing in cybersecurity measures. To talk about this, we've brought founder of Belltex Insurance, Mr. Dustin Bolander. How are you doing, Dustin? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. So, Dustin, you brought this story to me. You you wanted to you bring me all things insurance, and I think it's important to sorry. discuss. I, I, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin's last two years has just been here's insurance, here's insurance. But you had a take. Your take was a little bit different. Not credits are great. Coalitions offering um, subsidies supposedly for having protection. You were looking at it from a different perspective, where they're selling the MDR. Um, right. what, what was your point of view when you, when reading this story? Uh, two, two big things. Um, I'll start off with a question because I know the answer to this one, Ray. Uh, how long have you been using Huntress, this crazy new MDR service? Um, since I think I was one of the first 50 customers. I have a handwritten note from, uh, or actually the MDR just came out a few years ago, but yeah, since launch or yeah, before so, launch. Uh, my MSP 2019. So that was my big takeaway on it was, you know, it's being promoted as this revolutionary new thing. I was at an insurance conference two weeks ago, and that's what everybody was telling me. Hey, Dustin, have you heard about this MDR thing? So my, it's like, yes, it's great that they're incentivizing it, but it's, you know, again, this industry is perpetually behind the curve. And the other part of it is it's their service, right? Great, uh, you know, use ours. There's a lot of good ones out there already. Um, you know, I mentioned Huntress, Blackpoint, uh, a lot of great options for SMBs. So there's a, a little bit of a conflict of interest, I think, there for them pushing their own MDR. Dustin, can, can I ask you a question? Is there any type of conflict of interest uh, if the insurance company themselves is offering this service? Uh, do, do you see any problems there? I, I feel like I feel like there could be a, a potential of conflict somewhere. What are your <laughs> so I'm not the only one that sees that. Uh, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on it? Unpack it for us. Um, yeah, I always go back to the example of where the insurance companies say, you know, on the MSP side well, no, you can't help during the incident response, the claim, right? Because you're the one that let this happen kind of situation. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of whenever a breach happens with the MDR service, you know, and a claim goes kind of who's responsible because they're watching both sides of the house at that point, right? Are they going to reimburse themselves? Uh, you know, where's the exclusions? Where's the coverage and stuff? It just makes a normally kind of black and white situation. You had something happen, you know, you're protected. It gets very gray, very quick, which uh, you know, that's kind of what everybody hates about insurance right now. It's not black and white enough. So I think this makes it even murkier, unfortunately. Oh, that's the one thing that everybody hates about insurance. Not all the other stuff. Everybody hates about hate insurance. <laughs> all right. To get more into this, Dustin loves talking insurance and he'll be at right of boom. Uh, but you can hit him up on his LinkedIn. We'll have all the links below. Reach out to Belltex Insurance. Dustin, thank you so much. Tony, it's been a little dry. Do you, can you make it rain for me? <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. And let's let's bring out the dollars coming straight from not me. In my next story from ArsTechnica.com, Amazon is going to spend $1 billion US on startups that combine AI with robots. Amazon plans to invest $1 billion from its Industrial Innovation Fund in startups merging artificial intelligence, that's AI, with robotics. Franziska Bozart, head of venture capital arm established in 2022, highlighted the potential of generative AI for robotics and automation, stating that the fund aims to intensify investments in this area this year. The fund, which has already made 12 investments, including Mantis Robotics, 
aims to broaden its scope geographically to include companies involved in the last mile of deliveries. Despite concerns about job displacement, Amazon emphasizes the need to balance automation with the human workforce, acknowledging that automation will lead to shift in job roles rather than the complete replacement of humans. Ray, we just talked about insurance and the importance of the, uh, we'll call them the non-tangibles. This is so far ahead of what we all saw coming, yet we all knew it was coming. What are your thoughts right now? To be blunt, I'm completely terrified. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and, and we're talking, because you and I cover, you know, OpenAI with ChatGBT, uh, 3, with 3.x and then 3.5 and then 4. And then, and then we have uh, the advent of uh, Wally and Dolly and, 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 and Sora pops in out of nowhere. Now you have the Autobots that can literally do everything. And we have covered so many stories on all the advancement of large language models. And now we're going to combine that with physical, tangible robots to move things for the last mile of deliveries. Tell me it's going to be better. Please tell me it's going to be better. Please. This story makes something incredibly clear. We are stupid. So, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So the, the thing that gets me is it's not like we haven't seen Skynet, haven't read iRobot. Yes, for those of you that saw the Will Smith movie, it's a book. Um, so, you know, that little guy, what's a, what's a Isaac Asimov? You know, the whole, what, anyway. So this kills me because the minute that damn Boston Dynamics dog starts talking back to me intelligibly, I'm out. But... I think in this conversation, I realized the real rivalry between Elon Musk's SpaceX and Jeff Bezos's penis rocket. Here's the thing. Bezos is working his ass off to combine AI and robotics. Elon Musk has been ranting for years about the dangers of AI. He also thinks we're in the matrix, but eh, that might've been a, a weed dream. But anyway, so I'm thinking Elon's doing SpaceX to get the hell off the planet before the robots have their own AI. And I'm all for it. I, I'm starting to come around and say Elon's not the crazy one. We're the crazy ones. Um, no, I mean, this absolutely makes sense. You want the robots more efficient. You want them to be autonomous. You want them to understand things that are changing and understand um, how to improve things and come up with their own uh, decisions and ideas hopefully based on their ability to process mass amounts of data much faster than any of I, any, any human would be able to. I get the want, but this is more terrifying to me than the ethics of deep fake AI and using uh, AI to create voices that sound like other people. Um, this is bringing it into the real world. And yes, a phone call, an email, whatever, we've already covered stories where they've had negative, real life negative effects. Um, but what's the first AI-enabled robot that can break into a house that has an alarm system because it can figure out the codes fast enough? And I'm extrapolating to a ridiculous degree, but it's not impossible. Uh, not if it's not better than my AI robot that's there to protect me from other <laughs> AI robots trying to break into my house. There's your, there's yeah. your dolphins. But, but you know what? I think the entire thing reveals, it reveals one major, major um, kind of the uh, unknown, we have revealed our capacity for self-sabotage right here. And uh, it is far greater than I originally thought. We've seen all the movies. Start off with Terminator. 
I'll just start there. <laughs> and, and still one of the classics. And it was one of like, wow, um, the robots will never get like that. We're literally watching those the actual robots perform, jump, do flips with battery packs, okay? And they have a dog walking next to them. A dog, a dog is walking All right, right next Tony, to them. Tony, <laughs> I, I, I see where you're going. And before your blood pressure gets up, let me I'm, bring I'm, this home. Be I my really emotional appreciate- jockstrap. Please, please, I got you, please bro. I'm going to support, support you. Me. I'm going to support you right in the Kiwis. Look, here, here's the thing. I'm glad we're building all these robots and AI so that they can have the planet once we completely destroy it, but Elon will take us to the next one so we can start destroying that one. Go team. You know what? For now, Tony, let, let's get off this nightmare story. Let's go into the notables. Let's do the notables. In my first notable mention, Russian hackers hijack Ubiquity routers to launch stealthy attacks in a story written by Sergio Gatlan for Bleeping Computer. A joint advisory from agencies like the FBI and U.S. Cyber Command warned that Russian military hackers, known as APT-28 or Fancy Bear, are using compromised Ubiquity edge routers for stealthy cyber attacks. These hackers exploit hijacked routers to create botnets, steal credentials, and run malicious tools and phishing pages aimed at militaries and governments globally. Due to the default credentials and weak firewall protections, edge routers are at high risk. To address this, the FBI advises hardware resets, firmware updates, password changes, and firewall rules. In my second notable mention, Samsung's new microSD card is faster than some SSDs, in a story written by Will Shanklin for Engadget. Samsung is set to release a groundbreaking microSD card, the 256GB SD Express, with read speeds of up to 800 megabytes per second, faster than many microSDs and some SSDs. Equipped with dynamic thermal guard technology, it promises stable performance and reliability. Additionally, Samsung integrates AI technology into its design, surprise, surprise, targeting mobile computing and on-device AI demands. Despite its advanced features, compatibility may be limited initially as it depends on support from new devices. The 256 gigabyte SD Express will be released later this year with pricing yet to be disclosed. In my first notable mention from darkreading.com, after years of development, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, that's NIST, has released its Cybersecurity Framework 2.0. This update expands beyond critical infrastructure, now covering broader organizational concerns. Initially launched in 2014 in response to a presidential order, the framework has expanded to include a sixth function, govern, alongside the original five, identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. Addressing supply chain risks, it aims to be more relevant and comprehensive, offering guidance tools for cybersecurity teams of all sizes and expertise levels. In my next notable mention from bleepingcomputer.com, Microsoft's February 2024 update for Windows 11 22H2 and 23H2 systems encounter installation issues, stopping at 96% with the error code 0x800F0922. Users experiencing this issue may see a related entry in the Windows Event Viewer with a message advising them to keep their computers on while changes are being undone. Microsoft has acknowledged the issue and plans to address it in future releases. In the meantime, users can delete the C colon dollar sign win reagent folder and restart their systems to resolve the problem. Like past update failures, the problem might be connected to a win re issue.
couple of weeks ago, OpenAI rolled out a new memory feature to a select group of ChatGPT users. Personally, I don't have access, but most of the information about how to use this memory feature, as well as how it works, has been making the rounds, and from what I've seen, there's definitely some reasons to be concerned. Let's start today's coverage with how this feature works. Basically, if you are a user who's been selected to use memory for ChatGPT, it's automatically turned on and you can view that option under settings in the personalization tab. If you worry about the security risks of this memory feature, according to this article from Wired, you should be alerted by a pop-up notification, making you aware that it's available on your account. And if you don't want to opt in, this is your chance to turn it off. Otherwise, from the get-go, ChatGPT will begin collecting data for its memory based on your conversations. You can directly prompt ChatGPT with pieces of information you want it to remember, but even if you don't take a direct approach, it will begin to store bits of your data in the memory segment of your personalization settings. You can go into those settings at any time to view what is stored in memory as well as to delete any of those items, or you can go scorched earth on it and delete everything at once. It should be noted that this option doesn't intend to replace the custom instructions feature where you can preempt the chatbot with certain information for every new chat. But at its core, all of the various different memory-like options seem to be operating on a similar mechanism, which is to say they aren't really memory at all. Sorry for all the air quotes, but I think you get my point now. <laughs> There are plenty of amazing upcoming events taking place across the community, so let's see what's happening this week. On Monday, March 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, finding new revenue opportunities via automation and process presented by the Channel Program. And then running Wednesday the 6th through Friday, March 8th, an in-person event right a boom in Las Vegas, Nevada. And also beginning on the 6th and running through Thursday the 7th, another in-person event, Exchange in the UK. And coming from the MSP Media Network this week, we have at 11 a.m. Eastern Time today, MSP Community Live is back for episode 27. And then at the end of the day at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 38 at 38 will return for episode 22. And on Saturday, look out for a special MSP Dispatch standalone episode at 10 a.m. March 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, a special channel program webinar all about finding new revenue opportunities via automation and process. Featuring Greg Sharp, CEO and founder of Zen Contract, Frank Gurney, channel director of Security Studio, and Tara Rummer, director of community and events at Emmybot, with special guest moderator Ray Orsini, CEO of OIT VoIP and founder of the MSP Media Network. Follow the link in the show notes to save your seat and learn proven strategies to increase your monthly recurring revenue. So how'd you like today's show? If you liked it, hit the thumbs up button. If you didn't, go flipper yourself. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the YouTubes or your favorite podcatcher. Did you know we also have a Discord where we post stories all week? You can propose your own stories and even vote on which ones we'll cover. As my friend Rich Bakey says, make sure to tell a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at MSP Media TV. Have any questions? Email news at mspmedia.tv for answers on the next episode or leave us a voicemail, 833-MSP-NETWORK. Tony, did you notice my shirt?
the MMN, the MSP media shirt that says just keep patching because I'm tired of so many damn stories where people didn't beautiful. patch their screen connect or exchange or any other thing. So yeah, this is on the MMN store today and I'll make sure you get one. Um, oh. Tony, do, do your Kiwis feel supported, sir? Are, are you feeling good about this episode? The family jewels feel so much better with you here to support my neurotic behavior <laughs> and steer me away from the completely wildly self-destructive knowledge that you and I talk about all the time. And I dive into it and they won't stop. And I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then there, out of nowhere, is the big, monstrous, helpful hand of Ray. I got you, buddy. I got you. Come on. Let me pull you out of that. Let's, let's go into the next story. And we're back in the next story. I love it. Love you, brother. This was an amazing show as always. Why don't you go ahead and land this plane for everyone? All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm going to say. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe, everyone. This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network. Users experiencing this issue may see a related entry in the Windows Event Viewer with a message advising them to keep their computers on while changing.